Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we want to start at the beginning, and we will be asking, who invented Freemasonry? Over to you, Brother Angel. Thank you. This, this is a, a complicated question, though it sounds very easy, because the history of Freemasonry is a little bit vague. And I'd like to point out that you know, this discussion is only my opinion, but in the medieval times, uh, it was about 1,100 to 1,300, uh, building was done by fraternities. However, most of the trades of that time, such as uh, weaving, pottery, making armor, making arrows, etc., were already part of guilds, like modern trade unions. And uh, however, the builders weren't, a they weren't a guild, they were a fraternity. And the reason for this is because uh, other trades were in a fixed location and they were organized and had organized fee structures. But uh, the Masons had to travel to their job sites and so often going overseas. Uh, nowadays, there are about 110 guilds that still survive in England, and we call them livery companies. Yes. Uh, for anybody that's interested out there, there's a mini documentary on YouTube by Stephen Fry. It's called The Keys to the City, Exploring the Mysteries of the City of London. It's a bit of a window into the life in the city. It's fascinating, and it's well worth a look. It might might not be your cup of tea, but please have a look if you're interested. That's great. Thank you. <clears throat> um, the oldest of these livery companies uh, it was set up by the weavers in 1130. And in the period from what we call the, well, the medieval time from 1100 to 1300s, over 60 abbeys, cathedrals and priories were built in England alone. And there was also a boom in building cathedrals in Europe. Many believe that this is because the Templars, uh, Knights Templars who had amassed a fortune, were able to offer finance to religious organizations such as the Benedictines and Cluniacs so that they could build their cathedrals. The Templars themselves also built uh, 23 castles, three fortresses, four chateaux, as well as 37 churches for their own use uh, in Europe and in the Middle East. In 1666, uh, there was the Great Fire of London, which destroyed 13,000 houses in the city of London, as well as 87 churches, including St. Paul's Cathedral. And this led, led to a demand for workers so that Masons from all over England came to London to help with the rebuilding. And they built lodges as a social centre, and at least four lodges were established in London. Uh, as most of the work was done in the city of London, including building St Paul's Cathedral, which took about 40 years, um, so there was a lot of work for, for Masons. And... Uh, a law was drawn up that in buildings in London could no longer be made from wood. So they had to be made from stone. And secondly, the king gave a royal charter to the Worshipful Company of Masons, which gave the whole enterprise some structure. And they were able to set 
bylaws, terms and fees, etc. So whether any individuals would took the lead at all? Yes. So um, the masons who were involved in rebuilding London are what we called operative masons. And they had the uh, traditional ceremonies for initiating new lodges, sorry, new members to their lodges. Uh, then at this time, three professional men, a Huguenot priest who was secretary to Sir Isaac Newton, the director of the tax office and a lawyer joined together at one of the lodges, which was ex uh, situated in the most exclusive part of the city of London, uh, what we call the city of Westminster, where the Houses of Parliament and St. James's Palace were situated. These three men, uh, John de Sagulier, George Payne and Anthony Sayer, proposed to the uh, operative lodge that they should join together to have a, a grand lodge to organize the lodge and therefore attract new members. These uh, three men then established a new form of masonry, which they called, well, which, sorry, which was later called speculative Freemasonry. And they started uh, a new Grand Lodge called the Premier Grand Lodge in 1717. And by a hundred years later, there were already 1,000 lodges in America, as well as England and Europe. Uh, so it has been an, an interest to me for a long time um, why three educated men decided to write, rewrite the ritual of a stonemason's lodge when they were neither manual workers and they were not even stonemasons. So this is kind of one of those conundrums that's been uh, annoying me for a long time. And it's, <laughs> it's the reason I wrote my books on free, uh, spiritual Freemasonry. One of the things people forget when looking at Freemasonry is that England had a strict and still does have a strict social class structure. And it was very unlikely that gentlemen, which means an educated person such as uh, a doctor, a lawyer or a professor, would actually mix with the working class. And even now, 300, later, 300 years later, the class structure hasn't changed that much. The second question is, why do they give eight years of their lives to this cause? I think I know the answer, and we'll talk about this uh, more in, in later podcasts. But a short answer to the question, who invented Freemasonry, is that modern speculative masonry was started by three gentlemen, John de Sagulier, George Payne, and Anthony Sayer, in London in 1717. Thank you, Brother Earnshaw. And that brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email on the link below. And we now part on the square and we will meet soon. Goodbye.